Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Can you share with us what the Dolphins told you specifically about your role uh, coming to the team? Alan, um, you know, honestly, man, that's a conversation I, I'd rather keep, you know, in-house. Um, you know, it's a, it's a unique opportunity for me, um, for this organization, um, and I'm happy that I could be a part of it uh, this season. Um, I'm going to be the best version of Teddy that I can be, you know, um, helping the way that I know how to help, uh, being genuine. Um, and still give them all to this game. If I may follow, are you coming in with the, with the idea that you're, you'll be backing up to her, or do you feel that you might have a shot to, to win the starting job? No, it's, um, that's something that the coaches and I, we talked about. And, um, and I'm confident in you know, that conversation. And, and um, it's really something that I'd rather not discuss. And all that that implies, ladies and gentlemen, the first answer said it all. He's not going to talk about it, and it's a unique opportunity. Well, how unique is it to go in and back up a starting quarterback? It's not unique. It happens all the time. It happens every year. Every team has a backup quarterback. And there's two kinds of backup quarterbacks. There's the guy who goes in willingly grabbing the clipboard and understanding that, that he's, he's there to support, serve, help, mentor sometimes the starter. Then there's the backup quarterback who's competing directly and openly with the starter. This is the unique opportunity. This is the this is the competitor in backups clothing. That's what this is. And the problem is Teddy kind of gave that up yesterday. But this is perfect for the Dolphins because it allows them to say that Tua is the starter. But it allows them to have a viable alternative ready in the event that Tua struggles or gets injured. And they're not going to mess with Tua. They're not going to play games like last year. They're not going to flirt with anyone openly. Tua's the guy. Two and on, don't activate. And uh, you just let nature take its course. Sure. That's the best way to do it. Just just see what happens. And, and organically. Sure. Spontaneously, we could end up with Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback, and no one will say boo because it will only happen because – Teddy gets an opportunity and makes the most of it. All right. So why did Teddy say that then? Just Teddy say, say two was the starter. Say two was the I know, starter. I know. I know. That, that's I a know. BS he move by coached. Teddy. He, he, he wasn't activated coached very well. 
He activated he it. That's his <laughs> ball. That yeah. is, that, All that. he has to say is, "I'm here to. I'm here to. I'm here to do whatever they want right. me to do, and I'm here to support right. two atomic right. I know this is yeah. very. You know, I, I. You know, again, it, that, that that to me is a polit. It's political. Teddy Bridgewater once again. That's what he is. He's yeah. a politician. He plays like a politician. He acts like a politician. You know, it's a BS move. I don't know any other way to say it. It really is. Wow. Two was the wow. starter. Two was the starter. He knows that too. Did they probably tell him like, hey, you know, we want you to come down here, push to a, you know, he doesn't have a cement, a future cemented here that it's definitely if he falters, okay, then we won't be afraid to play you. You know, he's got an injury history, so we really need you to be ready to go. Oh, did, did they say that? Sure. You know, yes. But we all know two was the starter. Teddy knows that too, but you know what? He didn't say it because he wants to cause problems, and I don't like that. Wow, wow. You, man. Yeah, eat it. I'm sick of the politics of Teddy Bridgewater. Hang on. Tackle the guy when you throw an interception. You know, stop stop taking shots at the Carolina Panthers and their way they practice when you leave the door. He does it too much, and he gets away with it all the time. You've been hanging around me way too long. Way too long. Because that's usually the the line that I would – and I, I did all I hasn't you're, even you're right, spoke though. to Tua yet. He's gonna take shots he, like he, that. Good, he, yeah, that's cool, he, Teddy. It was a perfect opportunity until Teddy said what he said. Right? If Teddy comes in and says, "I'm here to back up Tua Tonga Bailoa. I'm here to support him any way possible," and then nature takes its course, yeah, no big deal. But but now he's he's telegraphed it by yes. not saying what he all he had to say was, and he told the truth. Kind of. I mean, he would have been lying to us if he said, I'm here to back up Tua, that they told me I'm here to back up Tua, because they didn't. But they should have gone a step farther and said, this is the way it's going to be, and when you're asked about it, here's what you need to say. Not say, well, you know, I'm really really not going to talk about my unique opportunity here in Miami. So he just uh, started a quarterback yeah, right. controversy down there. I, mean, we, yeah. I guarantee well, we're going to hear it down the week. Are they competing? Are they going to compete for the star? It's going to be all through training. But camp here's, now. here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. Tuanon's going to be mad at us for saying this. They're already mad at me for simply reciting what Teddy said and not going all out. Teddy's being a jerk here. All I said is, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for the Dolphins because if Tua stumbles at all, Teddy swoops in. I didn't go anti-Teddy. So, Tua, you're saying Tuanon might like me for the first time ever. No, no, no. Tuanon's going to be even madder at you because you're exposing the ruse even more than I did. (laughs) Because you're – but you're you're going after Teddy. I am. So, so, so Tuanon may like you because – you're you are the one that's pulling the sheet off of what they're trying to hide. Yes. And that is that they've brought in Teddy to compete with Tua, but they just don't want anyone to realize that Teddy's competing with Tua. They you've blown up their spot when but it comes to what they were trying to do. I have a hard time even thinking there's gonna be a competition. That's where I don't want to get into it either. I mean, really? Do you really think that I mean, I think Tua would have to throw three interceptions in every preseason game for him not to be the starter. Like, really? Do we really think Tua is not going to be the starter week one? All this stuff they did in the offseason. Come on. Come on now. That's where right, I, but can he hold the job? Uh, Who's better? So Who's yes. better right now? So, Who's right. better? Take away, take away the politics and the stuff you were complaining about with Teddy. Who's the better quarterback right now? Um, 
It's close. It is close. I mean. Who fits the offense better? And honestly, I think Tua does. I do. I think Tua fits the offense better as far as those things. You know, Teddy's got an advantage as far as he's played more and got more experience with all that. But arm strength, I think if I look at that, I'm going to go, okay, it's really close. I'm going to probably call it almost like a even tail of the tape. I do think Tua has the ability to throw with ball with different angles. I think Tua's actually a better athlete. They're both fragile. So and he doesn't have an advantage there either. They're both – your backup quarterback's as fragile as the guy that's starting. That's the other thing there too. So, yes, I What under- the hell is fragile? Fragi- what the hell fragile, is fragile? Fragile, fragile. I think it's just fragile. Okay. Fragile. Uh, fragile. I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing the words and the enunciation right. there. But, yes, that's where – you know, again, the two was the starter. I have a hard time t- thinking that they even told him that. Oh, wait, this is an open competition. I really do. I don't. I don't even buy that part of it. There's no way. Two did did. I mean, you know, Mike Daniels. I mean, they're putting out videos of him talking. Mike, Mike McDaniel's on the phone in the airplane on the private plane talking to Tua. That wasn't to like, hey, we're going to start a competition between a career journeyman here. That's where it's wrong. It's BS move by Teddy. That's the only way I can say it. BS. But, but, one year, $6.5 million contract with a $3.5 million incentive package. Right. Surely those incentives aren't earned by Teddy Bridgewater standing on no. the sidelines. No. So they've, they've baked in the possibility. Yes. See, that, that's where, you, you're right. I, you know, Teddy blew this up. All Teddy had to do was humble himself for one phone call and say, I'm here to be the backup. I'm here to be the best Teddy Bridgewater I can be. Two is the starter. Two is the guy. I'm going to do whatever the team wants me to do. Um, they didn't do a good enough job of getting that Maybe. message through right. to him because the, I don't think they wanted him to say what he said yesterday. They don't need that. They don't want that. Right. After a year of undermining Tua Tonga Vailoa, right. and we saw what happened when they undermined him. Yes. It was a mess. It was only after the trade deadline came and went that the Dolphins all of a sudden end up becoming a pretty damn good team and win eight out of nine games because that cloud was moved away, that 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 lingering distraction of Deshaun Watson. So now, now Teddy has put a little cloud right over the team, not like last year, but it's still there. There's still something there. It's just not – it's not what I think the Dolphins were hoping for. I wouldn't I agree so. with you. Yeah, okay. But they should have recognized it. They should have recognized it. And I think Mike McDaniel, you know, who I got a lot of respect for and yeah. I like his way, he maybe should have. Yeah, they just made it very clear about Teddy what you got to say and, and what you got to do here. Here's, here's what we got to do. We got to sell this. We got to sell this. And, you know, I know you may not want to. We got to come up with a way that you can answer these questions that that doesn't blow up what we're trying to do. Exactly. Because he, he kind of blew up what they were trying to do. Right. He, he, he caused, he's going to cause a little bit of a media firestorm. And he's, he laid down a foundation, you know, to, to start this conversation here now and, and let talking heads like you and I do it. And, and it's going to continue. And that's where, you know, yes, it's, I, I can't imagine the Dolphins are happy with those comments. I'm not, especially Tua, who's going, what the hell? I mean, damn, I'm finally the starter. It looks like they're finally going to just go with me. We're not looking at Deshaun Watson. You know, you believe the rumors or whatever. You know, maybe Flores didn't like Tua. Okay, wait, I got a coach in here that believes me. And now you got that? that that's just, yes, yeah, so like, like you said, it's not the best look for their team. It's not the best hey, for their team just for it to perform at its highest. I'll say what I said last year. The open and free advice to Tua Tonga Laloa, which – 
definitely was guaranteed to get his money's worth. React like Tom Brady would. React like Tom Brady would. That's what he should have done last year, and that's what he needs to do now. React like Tom Brady. Go out and kick ass. Go out and leave no doubt. Go out and do everything you need to do. Put in all the work. Put in all the time. Get on the TB12 method. Do what you have to do to ensure that Teddy Bridgewater never has an opening. You never get injured. You never falter. You never stumble. You go out there and you build on what you did last year. You embrace this new offense. You outwork. You out-hustle. You out-everything, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, hey, Teddy, you want to you play this passive-aggressive game with me? I'm just going to kick your ass. I'm just not 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 literally. Yeah. Although I would pay to yeah. see that, I, I'm you're, I'm going to I'm going to go out there every day and I'm going to prove every day why you were available for a one year six and a half million dollar contract and why I was the fifth overall pick in the draft. That's the attitude he's got to have. Yeah, I, I agree. He's going to have to just you know he he's he seems like he's such a nice, lovable guy. We haven't seen pissed off, mean, mad to us since he's been an NFL quarterback. Let's go be the general of. You know, the ship, the army, whatever. That's where I think we all need to, or we'd all like to see that aspect of him. Now, you got to have a little bit of that edge and, and be that guy to be a successful starting quarterback in football. And, you know, I'm not sure he has it quite yet. Hopefully it's going in the right direction. And hopefully, you know, a guy like Mike McDaniels can bring it out of him a little bit to lead the football team and, and make sure that everybody knows he's in charge and the guy. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Kenny Pickett had his pro day yesterday, and somehow, some way, something grew between then and now. Your phone ringer? the combine oh. and now. Yeah, my, no, my phone's <laughs> ringing. But it's an important call, but I can't take it because we're on the air. Something grew for Kenny Pickett. That could go a lot of different ways. We'll explain. I didn't say, okay, Pete, get your head out of the gutter. Something grew on Kenny Pickett. We'll explain what it was when BFD Live continues right after this. That really doesn't sound very good now that I think about it. We'll be right back. I'm canceled. (laughs) There's Kenny Pickett, his pro day workout. The Pitt quarterback, one of the top quarterback prospects in a year that really doesn't have high-end prospects. Chris Sims will be debuting his list for us here in a little bit, although he's already debuted it on his podcast. The hand issue with Kenny Pickett has been a thing. I don't know that those gloves actually make his hands look any bigger. Maybe he wore those gloves when he had his hands measured yesterday because his hands somehow have grown since the scouting combine, an eighth of an inch larger. I don't know how that happens. I don't know if that's a job for the Zoltar machine, like the old Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> right, right. You make a wish, yeah, right? Yeah. And you wish my hands are bigger. I, d- I don't know how you make them larger. An eighth of an inch as hands go is a pretty significant amount, unless he just come up with a new way to, I don't know, maybe he broke a, maybe he broke a joint in his uh, pinky. I don't know. But uh, that's just odd to me. It is Very odd. odd to me. It is odd. Well, uh, one, uh, you, you can make your hands a little bit bigger. Uh, maybe he's, you know, grabbing a football you really take chance i mean basketball you palm basketballs you stretch your fingers you do that you can you can do that i dabbled with doing stuff like that as i was a quarterback too i'd you know palm the basketball a lot i'd be sitting there watching tv I'd grab a football you go damn this thing small it feels small in my hand all right i can throw this thing anything i any way i want also what also could make it grow mike to a degree is how it's measured right is it measured to where you're standing up and spreading the hand or did you get to put your hand on the ground and, or on a table and press into the table that can maybe stretch your hand out a little bit more to give you an eighth of an inch? 
You know, I, I have that experience where you do it on the table, you're going to get a little bit of a, a better wing, you know, span there because the table's going to push against your hand. You'll be able to spread it just a little bit more than maybe you would have just naturally trying to spread it here in the air. So maybe that's how it happened, Mike. Either way, it's going to be, continue to be a subject. It's very small hands. There's no question about that. What's different from normal or over the other guys in football that have had small hands is he wears a glove, and he's been wearing a glove his whole life. So that's where the grip thing is not going to matter as much. He's got a weird thumb, and if you can see it here a little bit in some of these clips, he has a thumb that does not extend all the way. Um, it's like uh, it's almost like naturally always bent, and I think it's always made it hard for him to grab the football and feel you know normal in his hand, and that's why he's worn these gloves since I think middle school is what he told me basically. So uh, that's where it's a little different than maybe years past with some other guys with small hands. It, it's and it's even stranger because he's six three, right. right? So to have hands that size when you're six three, because I I think my hand is probably bigger than his, and I'm five eleven and three quarters. Don't take away the three quarters. Time and the aging process eventually will take away the three quarters and then some, but at least let me enjoy those three quarters. But so I think my hand's bigger than his. I was trying to measure it with my phone right now doing that. You know, they do point-to-point thing. But I, yeah. think it's, I think it's bigger than eight and five-eighths inches, which is somehow larger than it was at the combine. But that's part of the reality, too, of you go to the combine where there's no allegiance or loyalty to you. You're doing the pro day workout at your facility, at the school where you played football for free. They're going to they're gonna find a way to uh, get the best possible measurement of your hand when everyone knows that's a key ingredient. Yeah, but, you know, right. I, I'd never really noticed it before, but something doesn't look, you're right, something just doesn't look usual and normal, and that's going to scare teams away. With the gloves on his hands, with his hands on his arms, something doesn't look right, and now it's, we're focused on it. We're obsessed with it, and it makes it even more conspicuous than it would have been. Well, it is. I mean, you know, hand size is talked about. You know, we know why. It's elements especially. I think that's the way you, you really look at it. You know, the guy that can really control the ball with his hand is able to spin it like a Brady, like a Brett Favre or an Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay. They can spin the ball and throw the ball with such power that it can cut through the air. Now there's, you know, again, Mahomes didn't have the biggest hands in the world either. But you know, as we've talked about too, and I'm going to grab the football here, is where you know, quarterbacks have, have changed or been a little bit more diverse in the way they grip the football than when I was growing up or when you were growing up, where there was really only like two or three different groups or grips from quarterbacks. Now, like I've told you before, you know, you see quarterbacks. I mean, Kyler Murray, small hands. He puts his ring finger on that first gap and then puts the other one like right here under the third gap. So they would call that one and three. But what it does is it makes them grab the really small part of the football. So now the ball's small in his hands, and hand size is not quite as important. You know, Patrick Mahomes has a similar grip to that. Uh, Pickett's been playing in weather up in pit. So he's shown the ability to throw the ball through the weather even with you know the smaller hands, and I think that's because of the glove. But the glove does also affect, I think, his delivery at times, and he doesn't have – out of some of these other quarterbacks, many different arm angles either. And I think that's because of the glove. So he's a really clean prospect, Mike. He's NFL ready. He's the most NFL ready of all these quarterbacks in the draft. And what we saw in that workout yesterday, I think was that again too. You just saw a guy, he can make all the throws. He's got good size. He's a good athlete. He doesn't make you say, wow, really in any area. 
but also there's no area that I look at to go, ooh, that needs work or I'm concerned about that. That's Kenny Pickett, and that's why, you know, hey, the class and, and everything in the quarterback class is a little, little underwhelming compared to years past. He did have 26 fumbles playing at Pitt, which uh, is a lot. And it is, is a lot. Uh, further indicative of the small hand yeah. because the ball squirts out of the small hand, especially when it's cold or wet or the right. elements are otherwise a factor. Right. Let's take a break. We'll see where Kenny Pickett lands in Chris Sims' 2022 quarterback draft rankings when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And here they are. Dun, dun, dun. dun the dun, dun. Chris Sims 2022 draft quarterback rankings. If I had smoked a couple packs of cigarettes last night, I could have delivered that in a John Facenda voice, which is that's what this deserves. A deep baritone to say it's the Chris Sims 2022. <laughs> I like draft it. I like it. Thank you. Matt, start smoking some one. cigarettes for me the next time you do it. Damn, come on. I've been trying to smoke fewer cigars. That's a different story altogether. All right, Matt Corral, number one, out of Mississippi. There's Kenny Pickett at two, Malik Willis, three, Sam Howell, who looks just like John Belushi at four, and Desmond Ritter at number five. Uh, why'd you get Corral at number one? Corral, it, Corral to, to me, is clearly the most talented quarterback in the draft physically. There's no question about that. Uh, I, I, he's, he's really the only guy that consistently makes me say, wow. Now, you know, can he play the overall position as clean as Kenny Pickett no, yet? No, he cannot. You know, he, there's some things he needs to fix a little bit, being a little more patient in the pocket. I'd like to see him go through reads a little bit more. But you see a lot that, you know, enough evidence that he does all that and can do it. His arm is crazy powerful, Mike. I mean, it's crazy powerful. It really is. He's got an incredibly quick release. I would say it's one of the quickest releases I've seen out of any quarterback coming out in the last few years. Uh, to the point where, you know, I slow it down sometimes. And I'm like, damn, how did he even get it out that quick and get that kind of power on the ball to throw a 20-yard out route that went five feet off the ground the whole way? I mean, it really is. He's got very good mechanically. Uh, not perfect, but it's, it's pretty good most of the time. He's extremely accurate. I mean, he throws missiles, and they're perfect spirals. He, to me, is the most accurate thrower in the draft as far as when he wants to hit a spot, he can hit it. He's made for the modern-day NFL right now, Mike. You know, 6'2", really good athlete. I mean, really good. To me, he's the twitchiest and the best feet of all the quarterbacks in the draft. And I would say out of the top five we put on there, other than Desmond Ritter, I'm going to take him in a race over any of the other guys as well. Malik Willis, a more talented runner, but I don't think he's as fast as Corral. But modern day, made from the NFL. What's the league right now? You know, RPOs, quick game throws, put it on the money. Play action pass, come out, we're throwing the quick pop post over the middle. Or play action pass and we're looking to strike down the field. Or the bootleg, move the quarterback stuff. Matt Corral is phenomenal in all those areas. Throws the ball amazing on the run. Can really make any throw on the field in, and put it in the wow category. So that's where I'm excited for Matt Corral. You know, again, from what I saw on the field, the decision-making, the big-time plays, all that, clearly the number one quarterback in the draft for me has extremely high ceiling you know, and has the most talent to go along with it. If you were to take these five guys and put them into tiers, 
how many tiers would there be and where would the dividing lines fall? Well, I, you know, one, two, and three, Corral, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, to me are the only first-round quarterbacks. That, that, that I am very clear about, for sure. Those are the only guys I look at that are first-round quarterbacks, have big-time potential, and you can build a franchise around them. Uh, so that that's where I would look at it. Of course, I think Corral, I think Corral and Pickett are in a little bit of a little bit of a class of their own. And then you got Malik Willis, who's you know a few spots down the first round as that guy. And then you got Sam Howell, who I look at as a really what I would say is a late second, third round pick somewhere along those lines. Desmond Ritter a little farther down the line there. I was a little a little underwhelmed by what I saw by him, with him, but he has some potential to be something too because of some of the physical attributes he has. But I think that's how I would kind of spread it out, Mike, if that makes sense. Where do you think Corral should go? Well, Where would you draft him? You know, what spot? Yeah, that, that's the, it's a million-dollar question. You know? And again, you, know, you look at the draft, Hey, the quarterback thing, Carolina at six, uh, will they be willing to do that at six? I don't know. They might not have any other options. Uh, so that would be interesting. You know, I do look at Seattle and the way they play. And, you know, with Shane Waldron up there, offensive coordinator, I would go, well, that, that fits. I mean, that, that fits the style of play and what he can be. Well, he, he makes sense in that offense. You know, but again, I don't know. Is Seattle going to look at these guys and think, okay, one of them's worthy at number nine? Like I said, I think Corral's talent is worthy of that. We know quarterbacks get overdrafted. Um, but then you look at that, and then you start to go, okay, after that, where do we go next with the quarterback situation? You got the Houston Texans. Don't know what they'll do there. And then the New Orleans Saints at 18. You know, so that's where it's a weird year. We got teams that – you know, have some quarterback needs, but it doesn't seem like everybody views these quarterbacks necessarily as top 10 picks. And I don't know if Seattle or Carolina will view them that way. I don't. Now, I always argue like, wait, hey, if a guy like Tua can be picked at number five, then so can Matt Corral, in my opinion. I don't understand how that couldn't happen, but it seems like sentiment thing looks like that, you know, the NFL doesn't look at any of these guys as necessarily sure you know surefire top 10 picks but that doesn't mean it's right either they didn't think Patrick Mahomes was either and he's the best player in the league now so uh that doesn't mean they're all right either where would you put Corral within your 2021 rankings you had you had uh Zach Wilson at number one Trevor Lawrence at two Mac Jones at three Kellen Mond at four Trey Lance at five Justin Fields at six where would Corral fall well you know, let's say, I, you know, listen, I've, I'm not perfect. I was wrong about Justin Fields. He should have been moved up. I mean, de- obviously. And I don't even know what Kellen Mond is. So, you know, let, let's just say Wilson one, Lawrence two, Mac Jones three. Let's say Fields four, Lance five, right, of my adjusted rankings right now and, and, and knowing I was a little wrong with, with Justin Fields. I, mm, it, I, it would be three or four. I'm not sure – I like his talent more than I like Mac Jones, for sure. I mean, Corral has the, the some of the you know tangible traits on the field to go. This could be a superstar. 
I mean, it could be a superstar. There, there's no question about that. Where Mac Jones, I always went, hey, it's going to be really good. It's a slam dunk. It's really good. I know that for sure. Uh, I'm just not sure he can be a superstar. And I think that's still a fair question. That he can be really good and lead a team forever. Can he be that guy that, like you always talk about, that can carry the team and put him on the back if the situation's bad? I'm not sure about that. So I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I might have made mm, – I might have made Corral three, Mac four, Fields five. Maybe Mac three, Corral four. Right in that range, though, Mike. I don't mean to cop out there. I just got to think about that a little more. And here's what we have to remember as the draft approaches. The quarterback carousel still spinning, even though there aren't a ton of high-end names on it at this point. That's an understatement. But we will eventually have teams, one or more, who are banking on getting Corral or Pickett or whoever they happen to fall in love That's with, right. Malik Willis, whoever. And and you will see one of these guys possibly get overdrafted. I think quarterback is the one position that is most likely to be overdrafted because of the value of getting a quarterback. Agreed. And for a lot of these guys, for, for none of these guys do we know what their ceiling is going to be until they get to the NFL. We don't know how they're going to react when they're playing the highest possible level of the sport. Some will get better than we expected. Some will be worse than we expected. Very few end up being exactly what we projected. I think it's Deshaun Watson. Remember the big concern about Deshaun sure. Watson was he, he threw too many interceptions at Clemson, and at the NFL level, the window gets a lot more narrow. Well, he learned to thread the needle because he had to. We didn't know he was going to do that until he got there. Yes. So um, uh, with some of these guys, we just don't know what's going to happen until they get there. They don't know how they're going to react until they get there. But the teams, like the Panthers, those are the ones to watch. The Steelers are ones to watch in my mind as well. One of these guys, they decide this is going to be potentially our long-term answer at the position. And if not, we'll be in a position to draft another one a couple of years from now. So what? Yeah. But – when the, the it's it's the bang that you get for that pick justifies taking the chance that it's not going to work out. No, it, it is, and, and you know, added to that, you know, you, you talked about some of the movement in the 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 first round, how quarterbacks can be overvalued. You know, I look at like uh, you, you can read some of the writing on the wall a little bit with maybe some of these moves these teams have made. I mean, Washington was sitting pretty at pick eleven with, with you know they're going to get a quarterback. But maybe they looked at it and said, ah, I'm not sure about anybody in this group. I don't love it. I'll take my chance with Carson Wentz and what he is, and hopefully we can improve him. You know, it, it is, as a, in totality, to me, an, a very underwhelming class. There's, there's not a lot to speak about here. And those three guys that I talked about, Corral, Pickett, Malik Willis, to me do stand alone from the rest of the group. Everybody else is a projection or has a real tangible thing where I go, oh, he's got to work on that. And it's things where you go, yeah, you got to work on that. And I've said that about other people, and it's a hard thing to fix. So I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, these guys are pretty clean. Malik Willis, extremely talented, huge arm. I mean, you know, like Corral can throw 20-yard out routes, and you're like, man, did he really make that throw that hard and make it look that easy? Gifted runner, powerful legs, breaks tackles, can make people miss, do all that, scramble. But there is some still some rawness, you know, as far as uh, just playing the position the right way still to where you go, yeah, like Corral, you'd like to see him go through reads more. 
I have more questions with Willis than I do Corral, let alone sometimes you go, wait, the first read's open, and he still didn't throw it. So a little bit more raw in that aspect, but I would also say I like Willis's ceiling more than I like Kenny Pickett's. Pickett right now is just ready, NFL-ready. He's going to be able to run an NFL offense, and he understands how to play the game. He was a six-year college football player. He got a lot of reps and was coached really well. All right, we got to take a break. When we return, since there's so many great quarterbacks now in the AFC, we're going to do a draft of our favorite quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks in the far better of the two conferences when PFT Live continues right after this. This division is loading up on pass rush of new O's, too. There's a lot of quarterbacks, right? Uh, good quarterbacks. It's going to be fun, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. If I was going to wave my no trade closet, you know, it had to be to a winning football team. And these guys are winners back here. And then in terms of the AFC West, um, you know, I want to play against the best. I don't fear anything. I think I've sacked Russell Wilson more than I've sacked anyone. He thought he can get away from me leaving, but uh, I'm right here with him again. So that's going to be fun to get after him a little bit. I want to play in a system that I thought would fit me with be able to highlight my strengths. And when you looked at the defense that Spags run and you look at, you know, Chiefs being in the AFC Championship three years in a row, going to make that for it. We're going to play good ball. We're going to be smart. We're not going to get a ton of flags. Um, and we're going to find ways to get to the ball because on defense, the thing that matters more than anything else is finding a way to get the ball. Hey, I want to hear more from Justin Reed. I, I like Justin Reed. Chris, no question. I, I just like I like I, I I just you know there's certain people you just want to hear more from. I want to hear more from him. Yeah, can we can we play more? Well, can we I just forget about us know. and just play Justin Reed? Well, he's obviously cere- <laughs> he's cerebral, just like his brother who was pretty cerebral too when he was out with the 49ers. And you know I don't know, mom and dad were obviously some some physically gifted people because both of them are physically gifted. He is going to be a big improvement for that Kansas City Chiefs defense. He's a really good player. All right, best quarterbacks in the AFC. That's today's draft. There's a trivia question. Chris, uh, Tom Brady led the NFL with 5,316 passing yards last year. Who led the AFC in passing yards? Oh, my gosh. I, it's got to be Mahomes. Um, hmm. It's Mahomes. Herbert. Come on. I th- I'm pretty Come sure on. it's Just Justin Herbert. I'm pretty sure it's Justin Herbert. There you go. Herbert got go. to 5,000, right? right? Okay, you got the first pick in one of the toughest drafts we've ever done. Yeah, best quarterbacks in the AFC. Holy crap! Holy crap there is are right. A lot of them. Right, and Justin Herbert did get to five thousand. That's really unbelievable. It's like kind of one of those glossed over facts this year. Um, all right, well, listen, I'm going with the guy that I think is the best player in football now. All right, and that's Josh Allen. And I don't say that lightly because I, man, do I love me some Patrick Mahomes. I do. I mean, it's love me, love him, love him, love him. I don't know who the hell to love. I love them both, but I'm going to go with Josh Allen right now. I am. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. I think he's the best player in the league. And I think the last two years, he's played better football than Patrick Mahomes. I know career totality, he's not better than Mahomes. I get that. Mahomes got the MVP, the MVP in the Super Bowl. But I'm going to go with Josh Allen right now at this second. All right, Mahomes. You're up next. (laughs) Mahomes. Okay. Ooh, now it's – I'm going to go Herbert. Herbert, Herbert. Uh, I, all right, this one's easy then. I'll take you, you. You got the first pick. So you had one and three. I got two and four. I'm getting the two guys who were left standing last year in Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. That's another easy one. Thank you. 
Thank you for getting the trivia question right and making it easier for me to make my picks. Mahomes and Burrow, I'm happy with that so far. Well, I'm Who happy with next? mine. What are you, like, you think mine are, like, slouching Who, here? I mean, well, sh- shut well, your mouth, okay? Uh, <laughs> well, both of mine got to the playoffs last year. Okay. All right, one of mine didn't, and, you know, the other one, it's, we'll see. It's, the story's not, not over yet. That doesn't mean anything. Herbert made a ton of plays. It wasn't because they didn't get there because of him. Now I got to figure this out and where I go here. This is, to me, where it gets hard. I think the first four were kind of obvious. But now, whew, I mean, in total, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson right now. I am. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson because Deshaun Watson hasn't played in so long. I'm going to knock him down a little bit just because I'm not, you know, I think it's a little rusty. I'm going to take Russell Wilson first. It's just amazing to think that Wilson, the biggest trade so far of this offseason, puts him in a conference where we agree he's at best the fifth best quarterback. And, that, in the and it's, 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 doubt, I mean, and, it's, it's not even and for the sure. Third in his division. Right. And the third in his division. I'll take Deshaun Watson. We'll keep going with this when we wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. Three rounds, six quarterbacks atop the AFC. Here we are. We're back. It's round four. Chris, you're up. Well, I mean, this is this is also amazing that the seventh quarterback is going to be Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's got to go with Lamar there. Uh, still game changer, the most mobile quarterback in football, and good in the pocket. I mean, it's it's actually pretty amazing that we're picking them this late. So Lamar Jackson for sure. Okay, so now here we are with yeah. number eight. I mean, this is like the old school ground picking teams. Who's going to be the last kid like I was? Um, is, it Matt, is it Matt Ryan or is it Derek Carr? Is it Matt Ryan or is it Derek Carr? I feel like we're disrespecting Derek Carr. Um, ah, screw it. I'll take Derek Carr. I think take so. Derek Carr. I think that's the right pick. Yeah. That's who I would have took next. You know, he's he's – uh, there, there's a lot of similarities there, but you know, Derek Carr has has really played at an awesomely high level the last two seasons, and I think he's a little bit more mobile and able to do some things like that over Matt Ryan. So I'll go Matt Ryan next. I will. Also, I look at Matt Ryan. I'm going to go with him. I don't think it's you know that crazy. Tannehill's coming up the the rear here as well. I mean, I know we all have that bad taste in our mouth about Tannehill in the playoff game, and I understand that. But, damn, I mean, it's three years in a row of pretty freaking good football from Ryan Tannehill as well. But I, I do go Matt Ryan. So what do you do here? Do you do Ryan Tannehill or do you throw a dart with one of the guys who were rookies last year, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones? I'll just go Ryan Tannehill. I think so. I think because so. he's at least shown us something right with these other guys. We don't know what we're going to get yet. So right now it's Tannehill. It may be starting to go down for him and up for the others, but for now Tannehill, but just Tannehill, a guy's been great the yes. past three years and he's the 10th best quarterback in his conference out of 16 teams. I know. I know. It, yes. He's been great. I mean, in 2020, he was what? 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I mean, but yes, that last game last year is certainly going to have people questioning him. Okay. Now, I mean, we're into the, yes. Are we done? I think we're done there. We're done. Okay, good. We're We're done. done. I was going to say, I mean, now we're down to Tua, Mills, Trevor Lawrence, Trubisky, Zach Wilson. Sorry, Tua and on. Mac Jones, right? They're all honorable mention. Honorable mention, 
special honorable mention. You didn't make the top ten. Keep if you're not in the top ten, you'll get in this group. Right. <laughs> Leonard Fournette back to the Buccaneers on a three-year deal. Nothing like visiting Bill Belichick and the Patriots to get things done in Tampa. It's reportedly three years, twenty-one million. This is one of those where I want to see I the details it. of how it's structured. Right. I want to see. Because three years, 21 seems a little bit much. It's just because of the position. No, no offense to Leonard Fournette. The position isn't conducive to big money. No, it, it's not. But he's a big part of their football team. He gives them a power element. And he's physical running the ball. And we know he can catch the ball out of the backfield, too. That's it for today. Thanks, as always, for some of your time. We'll see you at 5 p.m. Eastern for PFTPM. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest. But let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.